Part 9 of A Christmas Miscellany 2019 by various authors. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 9 Holiday Tales, Christmas in the Adirondacks, John Norton's Vagabond by William Henry Harrison Murray, Section 1. 1. A Cabin, A Cabin in the Woods. Of it I have written before, and of it I write again. The same great fireplace piled high with logs fiercely ablaze. Again, on either side of the fireplace are the hounds gazing meditatively into the fire. The same big table, and on it the same great book, leather-bound and worn by the hands of many generations. And at the strong table, bending over the sacred book, with one huge finger marking a sentence, the same whitened head, the same man, large of limb and large of feature, John Norton, the trapper. Yes, pups, said the trapper, speaking to his dogs as one speaks to companions and counsel. Yes, pups, uh, must go in, for here it be writ in the book. Rover, you needn't have that determined look in your eye, for here it be writ in the book, I say. Do unto others as you would that others should do unto you. I know, old dog, that ye have seed me line the sights on the vagabonds, when ye and me have catched em pilferin' the traps or tamperin' with the line, and I have trusted your nose as often as my own eyes in trackin' the knaves when they've got the start of us. And I will admit it, Rover, that the Lord gave ye a great gift in your nose, so that ye be able to discern the difference atween the scent of an honest trapper's moccasin and that of a vagabond. But that isn't to the pint, Rover. The pint is Christmas be a comin, and ye and me and sport yonder have sought it down that we're to have a dinner, and the question in council tonight is, who shall we invite to our dinner? Here we have been arguing the matter three nights atween us, pups, and we didn't get a foot ahead, and the reason that we didn't get a foot ahead was because ye and me, Rover, naturally felt alike, for we have never consorted with vagabonds, and we couldn't bear the idea of inviting them to this cabin and eating with them. So, ye and me agreed tonight we'd go to the book and go by the book, hit or miss, and the reason we should go to the book and buy the book is because if it wasn't for the book there wouldn't be any christmas nor any christmas dinner to invite any one to and so we went to the book and the book says i will read you the words rover and sport though ye be a younger dog and naturally of less judgment yet ye have your gifts and i have seed ye straighten out a trail that rover and me couldn't untangle so do ye listen both of ye like honest dogs while i read the words give to him that lacketh and from him that hath not withhold not thine hand there it be rover we are to give to the man that lacks vagabond or no vagabond if he lacks victuals we are to give him victuals and if he lacks garments we are to give him garments if he lacks a christmas dinner rover we are to give him a christmas dinner but how are we to give him a christmas dinner unless we give him an invite to it for you know yourself, Rover, that no vagabond would ever come to a cabin where ye and me be, unless we axed him to. But there's another sentence here somewhere in the book that bears on the point we be considerin'. 
when thou makest a dinner that be exactly our case rover or a supper call not thy friends nor thy brethren and neither thy kinsmen nor thy rich neighbours lest they also bid thee again and a recompense be made thee but when thou makest a feast call the poor the maimed the lame the blind and thou shalt be blessed for they cannot recompense thee for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just furthermore rover there's another passage that the lad when he was on the arth used to say each night afore he went to sleep whether in the cabin or on the bows sport you must remember it for you was his own dog i am not sartain where it be writ in the book but that doesn't matter for we all know the words it be from the great prayer forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and the great prayer as i conceit is the only blazon a man can trail by if he hopes to fetch through to the great clearin in peace now these vagabonds rover i needn't name em to you have trespassed agin us ye and me know it for we've catched em in their devilment and what is more to the pint the lord knows it too for he's had his eye on em and there's one up in the north country that wouldn't get an invite to this dinner bible or no bible but barrin this knave who is beyond the range of our trails there is not a single vagabond that has trespassed agin us that we mustn't forgive for this be christmas time pups and christmas be a time for forgiven and forgettin all the evil that's been done agin us and here the old man paused and looked at the dogs and then gazed long and earnestly into the fire to his face as he gazed came the look of satisfaction and a most placid peace it was evident that if there had been a struggle between his natural feelings and his determination to celebrate the great christmas festival in the true christmas spirit the latter had won and that the christmas mood had at last entered into and possessed his soul and after an interval he rose and carefully closing the great volume said and now pops as we've settled it atween us and we all stand agreed in the matter i'll get the bark and the coal and we'll see how the decision of the council looks when it be put in writing and in a moment the trapper was again seated at the table with a large piece of birch bark in front of him and a hound on either side i can see pups that the letterin said the old man as he proceeded to sharpen the piece of charcoal he held in his hands should be a goodly size for it may help some in readin and i certainly know it will help me in writin with this honest confession of his lack of practice and penmanship he proceeded to write any man or animal that be in want of victuals or garments is invited to come on christmas day which be next week thursday without further action to john norton's cabin on long lake to eat christmas dinner vagabonds included in this invite i can't say said the trapper as he backed off a few paces and looked at the writing critically i can't say that the wordin be exactly as the missioners would put it and as for the spellin i haven't got any more confidence in it than a rifle that loads at the breech bin the letterin certainly stands out well for the coal is a good un and i put as much weight on it as i thought it would bear but there is certainly a good deal of difference between the ups and downs of the markins and the lines slope off toward the northwest as if they had started out to blaze a trail through to st regis 
that third line looks as if it would finally come together if you'd gin it time enough to get around the circle but the bark had a cutter in it there and the coal followed the grain of the bark and i'm not to blame for that rover i'm more than half conceit by the look in your eye that you see the difference in the size of them letters yourself but if you do you be a wise dog to keep your face steady for if you showed your feelings old as you be i'd educate you with the help of a moccasin and he looked at the old dog whose face as if he realized the peril of his position bore an expression of supernatural gravity with interrogative earnestness never mind the shape and size of the letters or the curve of the lines he added the charcoal markin stands out strong and any hungry man with a leaky cabin for his home can certainly study out the words and that's the chief pint as i understand it with this comforting reflection the trapper made his preparations to retire for the night he placed the skins for the dogs in the accustomed spot lifted another huge log into the monstrous fireplace swept the great hearthstone bolted the heavy door and then stretched himself upon his bed but before he slept he gazed long and earnestly at the writing on the bark and murmured vagabonds included in this invite yes the book be right christmas be a day for forgiven and forgettin and even a vagabond if he needs victuals or garments or a right spirit shall be welcome to my cabin and then he slept in the vast and cheerless woods that night there were some who were hungry and cold and wicked what were christmas and its cheer to them what were gifts and giving or who would spread for them a full table at which, as guests of honor, they might eat and be merry. And above the woods was a star leading men toward a manger, and a multitude of angels, and an eye that seeth forever the hungry and the cold and the wicked. On his bed slept the trapper, with the look of the Christ on his face, and as he slept he murmured, Yes, the book be right, let him who hath give to him that hath not and above the woods above the wicked and the cold above the sleeping trapper and above the blessed words on the bark on his wall above the spot where the christ had thus received a forest incarnation a great multitude of the heavenly host broke forth and sang glory to god in the highest and on earth peace good will towards men two it was on the day before christmas and the sun was at its meridian it was a day of brilliance and prophecy, and the prophecy which the trapper read in the intense sky and vivid brightness of the sun's light told him of coming storm. Yes, muttered the old man, as he stood just outside the doorway of his cabin and carefully studied the signs of forest and sky. Yes, this is a weather breeder for certain. I smell it in the air. The light is unnaturally bright and the woods unnaturally still snow be a flyin afore another sunrise and the woods will roar like the great lakes in the gale i'm sorry that it's comin for some will be kept from the dinner it's certainly strange that the ordin of the lord is as it is for a little more hurrying and a leetle more stayin on his part of the things that happen on the earth would make mortals a good deal happier as i conceit ay ay john norton a little more hurrying and a little more staying of things that happen on the earth would make mortals much happier 
the great ship that is today a wreck would be sailing the sea and the faces that stare ghastly white from its depths would be rosy with life's happy health the flowers on her tomb would be twined in the bride's glossy hair and the tower that now stands half builded would go on to its finishing the dry fountain would still be in play, and the leafless tree would stand green in its beauty and bloom. Who shall read us the riddle of the ordering in this world? Who shall read the riddle, O man of whitened head, O woman whose life is but a memory? Who shall read us the trapper's riddle, I say? There comes Wild Bill, exclaimed the trapper joyfully, and one plate will have its eater for sartin and the old man laughed at the recollection of his companion's appetite. "'Lord, a mercy, that box on his sled is as big as the ark. I wonder if he's not a drove of animals in it.' Had the trapper known the closeness of his guess as to the contents of the huge box, he would have marveled at his guessing, for there certainly were animals in the box, and of a sort that usually are noisy enough and sure, at the least provocation, to proclaim their name and nature but every animal whether wild or domesticated has its habits and many of the noisiest of mouths when the mood is on them can be as dumb as a sphinx and as wild bill came shuffling up on his snowshoes with a box of goodly size lashed to his sled not a sound proceeded therefrom it is needless to record that the greeting between the two men was most hearty how delightful is the meeting of men of the woods manly are they in life and manly in their greeting what have you got in the box bill queried the trapper good-naturedly it's big enough to hold a church bell and a good part of the steeple beside it's a christmas present for you john norton replied bill gleefully you don't think i will come to your cabin to-day and not bring a present do you gift and no gift your welcome would be the same answered the trapper for your heart and your shootin be both right and you will find the door of my cabin open at your comin whether you come full-handed or empty sober or drunk wild bill i haven't touched a drop for twelve months responded the other the pledge i gave you above the christmas box in your cabin here last christmas eve i have kept and shall keep to the end john norton i expected it of ye yes i certainly expected it of ye bill for ye came a good stock your grand'ther fit in the revolution and a man's word gets its value a good deal from his breedin as i conceit replied the trapper but what have ye in the box bud beast or fish bill the trail runs this way answered bill i chopped a whole winter four year ago for a man who never paid me a cent for my work at the end of it last week i concluded to go and collect the bill myself but not a thing could i get out of the knave but what's in the box so i told him i'd take them and call the account settled for i had read the writing on the bark you had nailed up on indian carry and i said well, they will help out at the dinner and bill proceeded to start one of the boards with his hatchet the trapper whose curiosity was now thoroughly excited applied his eye to the opening and as he did so there suddenly issued from the box the most unearthly noises accompanied by such scratchings and clawings as could only have proceeded from animals of their nature under such extraordinary treatment as they had experienced 
heavens and earth exclaimed the trapper you have pigs in that box bill that's what i put in it replied bill as he gave it another whack and that's what will come out of it if i start the clinchings of these nails and he bent himself with energy to do his work hold up hold up bill cried the trapper this isn't a bit of business you can do in a hurry if you expect to get any profit out of the transaction i can see only one of the pigs but the one i can see is not overburdened with fat and it's again reason to expect that he will be long in getting out when he starts or wait for you to scratch him when he breaks cover don't you be afraid of them pigs getting away from me old man rejoined bill as he pried away at the nails i don't expect that the ones that start will be as slow as a funeral when he makes his first jump but he won't be the only pig i've caught by the leg when he has two feet above the earth go so i say go slow cried the trapper now thoroughly alarmed at the reckless precipitancy of his companion the pigs as i can see belong to a lively breed and it is sheer foolishness to risk a whole winter's chopping not another word of warning did the old trapper utter for suddenly the nails yielded the board flew upward and out of the box shot a pig it is in the interest of accurate statement and everlasting proof of wild bill's alertness to affirm and record that the flying pig had taken only two jumps before his owner was atop of him and both disappeared over the bank in a whirlwind of flying snow nor had the trapper been less dexterous for no sooner had the sandy-coloured streak shot through the hole made by the hatchet of the man who had sledded him forty miles that he might present him to the trapper as a contribution to the christmas dinner than the old man dropped himself onto the box and thereby effectually barring the exit of the other porcine sprinter get your gun get your gun old trapper yelled bill from the whirlwind of snow get your gun i say for this infernal pig is getting the best of me i can't do it bill cried the trapper i can't do it i am doing picket duty on the top of this box with a big hole under me and another pig under the hole at the same instant the pig and wild bill shot up the bank into full view bill had lost his grip on the leg but had made good his hold on an ear and had the trapper been a betting man it is doubtful if he would have placed money on either had he done so the odds would have been slightly in favour of the pig hold on then bill cried the trapper laughing at the spectacle in front of him till the tears stood in his eyes hold on him i say remember you have three months of chopping in your grip the pig under me are getting lively and the profits of the other three months be uncertain oh lord ejaculated the old man partially sobered at the prospect here comes the pups and the devil himself will now be to pay the anxiety and alarming prediction of the trapper were in the next instant fully justified for the two dogs unaccustomed to the scent and cries of the animals but thoroughly aroused at the noise and fury of the contest came tearing down the slope through the snow at full speed the pig saw them coming and headed for the southern angle of the cabin with bill streaming along at his side in an instant he reappeared at the northern corner with bill still fastened to his ear and the hounds in full cry just one jump behind him 
it is not an accurate statement to say that wild bill was running beside the pig for his stride was so elongated that when one of his feet left the ground it was impossible to predict when or where it would strike the earth or whether it would ever strike again the two flying objects as they came careering around the slope directly toward the trapper who was heroically holding himself above the aperture in the box with the porcine volcano in full play under him presented the dreadful appearance of bevy's comet when rent by some awful explosion the one half was on the point of taking its eternal farewell of the other lift the muzzle of your piece wild bill yelled the trapper lift a muzzle i say and allow three feet for windage and you'll make me the bull's-eye for your pig the advice or rather let us say the expostulation of the trapper was the best which under the circumstances could be given but no directions however correct might prevent the dreadful catastrophe the old man stuck heroically to his post and the pig stuck with equal pertinacity to his course he struck the box on which the trapper sat with the force of a stone from a catapult, and dogs, men, and pigs disappeared in the snow. When the trapper had wiped the snow from his eyes, the spectacle that he beheld was, to say the least, extraordinary. The head of one dog was in sight above the snow, and nigh the head he could make out the hind legs and tail of another. In one instant Wild Bill's cap came in sight, and from under it a series of sounds was coming as if he were talking earnestly to himself while far down the trail leading to the river he caught the glimpse of two sandy-coloured objects going at a speed to which matter can only attain when it has become permanently detached from this earth and superior to the laws of gravitation for several minutes not a word was said the catastrophe had been so overwhelming and the wreck of bill's hopes so complete that it made speech on his part impossible the trapper from a fine sense of feeling and regard for his companion remained silent and the dogs uncertain as to what was expected of them kept their places in the snow at last the old man struggled to his feet and silently started towards the cabin wild bill followed in equal silence and the dogs as mutely brought up the rear the depressed not to say woebegone appearance of the singular procession certainly had in it in the fullest measure all the elements of humour in this suggestive manner the column filed into the cabin the dogs stole softly to their accustomed places wild bill dropped into a chair and the trapper addressed himself mechanically to some domestic concerns at last the silence became oppressive wild bill turned in his chair and facing the trapper said it's too devilish bad if you was in council generals or privates you'd carry every boat with you on that statement bill said the trapper with deliberation do you think there's any chance old man queried bill earnestly not on the earth bill answered the trapper you see he continued that snow wasn't so deep on my side of the trail and i had my eye on them pigs afore you got your head above the drift and i noted the rate of their movin they was goin mighty fast bill mighty fast you must take into account that they had the slope in their favour and sartin experiences behind 
i've sighted on a good many things that was gifted in runnin and flyin and i never kept a bullet in the barrel when i wanted feather fur or meat because of the swiftness of the motion but if i had been standin ten rods from that trail and loved the meat like a settler i wouldn't have wasted powder nor lead on them pegs bill and the two men looking into each other's faces laughed like boys where do you think they'll fetch up john norton queried bill at last ah oh, they won't fetch up replied the trapper wiping his eyes leastwise not this year henry has told me that it is twenty-four thousand miles round the arth and it looks to me as if them pigs got started out to circumnavigate it and i concede it'll be about a month afore they will come through this clearing again i may be a little amiss in my calculatin but a day more or less won't make any difference with you and me nor with the pigs either bill they may be a trifle leaner when they pass the cabin next time but the gate will be just the same as i can see and after a moment he asked sympathetically how far did you sled them pigs bill forty mile answered bill dejectedly it's a good distance considerin the nature of the animals replied the trapper and you must have been tempted to unload the sled more'n once bill i would have unloaded it responded the other i would have unloaded the cussed things more than once but i had nothing else to bring you and i thought they'd look mighty fine standin up on the table with an apple in each mouth and their tails curled up as i seen em at the barbecues so they would so they would bill but you never could i kept em on the table no amount of cookin would ever have taken the speed out of them pigs if you had nailed em to the table they'd a taken the table and cabin with em it's better as it is bill so cheer up and we'll get at the cookin cooking is more than an art it is a gift genius and genius alone can prepare a feast fit for the feaster woe be to the wretch who sees nothing in preparing food for the mouth of man save manual labor such a knave should be basted on his own spit an artist in eating can alone appreciate an artist in cooking when food is well prepared it delights the eye it intoxicates the nose it pleases the tongue it stimulates the appetite and prolongs the healthy craving which it finally satisfies even as the song of the mother charms the child which it gradually composes for slumber the old trapper was a man of gifts and among his gifts was that of cooking for sixty years he had been his own chef with a continent for his larder and to more than one gourmand of the great cities the tastiness and delicacy of his dishes had been a revelation more than one epicure of the clubs had gone from his cabin not only with a full but a surprised stomach it is easy to imagine the happiness that this host of the woods experienced in preparing the feast for the morrow he entered upon his labors whose culmination was to be the great event of the year with the alacrity of one who had mentally discussed and decided every point in anticipation there was no cause for haste and hence there was no confusion he could not foretell the number of his guests but this did in no way disconcert him he had already decided that no matter how many might come there should be enough 
in wild bill he had an able and willing assistant and all through the afternoon and well into the evening the two men pushed on the preparation for the great dinner the large table constructed of strong maple plank was sanded and scoured until it shone almost snowy white on it was placed a buck roasted a la barbecue the skin and head skillfully reconnected with the body and posed muzzle lifted antlers laid well back head turned ears alert as he stood in the bush when the trapper's bullet cut him down at one end of the table a bear's cub was in the act of climbing a small tree while at the other end a wild goose hung in mid-air suspended by a fine wire from the ceiling with neck extended wings spread legs streaming backward as he looked when he drove downward toward open water to his last feeding the great cabin was a bower of beauty and fragrance the pungent odor of gummy boughs and of bark under which still lurked the amber-colored sweat of heated days and sweltering nights pervaded it on one side of the cabin hung a huge piece of white cotton cloth on which the trapper with a vast outlay of patience had stitched small cones of the pine into the conventional phrase a merry christmas to ye all it must have taken you a good many evenings to have done that job said wild bill pointing with the ladle he held in his hand toward the illuminated bit of sheeting i did bill it did replied the trapper and a solemn and a lively time i had of it for i hadn't but six needles in the cabin and i broke five of em the first night for the cones was gummy and hard and it takes a good stiff needle to go through one if the man who is punching it through hasn't any thimble and the ball of his thumb is bleeding lord a massy bill rover knew the trouble i was havin as well as i did for arter i had broken the second needle and talked about it a moment the old dog got uneasy and began to edge away and by the time i had broken the fourth needle and got through washing my thumb he had backed clean across the cabin and sat jammed up in the corner out there flatter than a shingle and what did he do when the fifth needle broke queried bill as he thrust his ladle into the pot heavens and earth bill why do you ask such foolish questions you know it wasn't a minute arter that fifth needle broke leaving the bigger half stickin under the nail of my forefinger afore both of the puffs was goin out through the door there as if the devil was arter em with a fryin' pan and a chair a leetle behind him but a man can't stand everything if he be a christian man and workin away to get a christmas sign ready can he bill it is in harmony with the facts of the case for me to record that wild bill never answered the old trapper's very proper interrogation but sat down on the floor and thrust his legs up in the air and yelled and after the spasm left him he got up slowly sat down in a chair and looked at the trapper with wet eyes and mouth wide open End of part nine, section one.